You're listening to the Clear Your Blocks to Glowing Health podcast with Anna King. Anna is a wellness coach and EFT practitioner who specializes in helping you clear what's blocking you from a level of health you can love. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the disclaimer located at AnnaKingCoaching.com or in the show notes below and agree to take full responsibility for your health and well-being. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Um, it is my great honor today to be interviewing Natalia Rose. Uh, Natalia has been such a huge influence in my life for the past uh, 20 years, really. I was a, a little a young 19-year-old searching the, the bookshelf at Barnes & Noble and uh, came across this book, The Rafio Detox Diet, and was really struggling with some health issues at the time. And that led me from one book to the next, to the next course. Um, and her, her work, not just um, in intelligent cleansing, which we're going to get into, but also just um, the embodiment of this work has been a huge light, a huge inspiration. So it's just a really incredible experience for me to get to chat with her today. And so welcome, Natalia. Oh, Anna, thank you so much for having me. It is such a joy and honor to be with you. You've been such an inspiration. And uh, I do want to kind of outline a little bit of the contributions that you've had. So I'm going to go over some of these contributions and a little bit about you for those who don't know um, who you are and what you've done. So, um, okay, so I'm going to read over this real quickly. For, for those of you who don't know about Natalia's work, she is a clinical nutritionist and she's a graduate of New York University. And she is the author of nine books. I didn't realize it was that many. And uh, the first one, Raw Food Detox Diet, and then Raw Food Life Force Energy, The New Energy Body, Detox for Women, Emotional Eating SOS, The Rose Cleanse, Recipes for Life Force Energy Children, Forever Beautiful, and The Fresh Energy Cookbook. So it's quite a beautiful lineup. I've read most of them and they're incredible. Um, and Natalia, the, the biggest thing here that I want y'all to know is that Natalia is the world's leading expert in deep tissue cleansing, which is the removal of accumulated, like, I'm sorry, accumulated acidic matter locked deep in the cells and tissues of the body. The physical cleansing, however, she believes is merely the requisite foundation and framework for which one may come to fully embody one's innate primal power and, uh, the, you know, in, embody pure life force. And so there's so many things I would love to say about Natalia, and I'm going to include this entire um, bio in the show notes, but uh, Natalia has lived in New York and in Cape Town, and now she's in West Palm Beach, Florida. Palm and, Beach. Yeah, I'm sorry? In Palm Beach, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Little and, island next west, West Palm, yeah. Yeah, awesome, beautiful. And uh, so we're going to try to pack as much in today's interview as we possibly can, but Natalia, I would really love for you to share some of your story first off of how you got into this cleansing work and any part of it that you would like to share. Well, sure. Um, gosh, where to begin? Um, I think, you know, like you, I was suffering acutely from um, myriad health issues when I was very young. Um, it started showing up really in my childhood, but I didn't think of them as being as big of a problem as my um, physical appearance because I grew up in LA with parents in the entertainment business. And so I was more fixated on looking the part um, of, you know, that, that seemed to be expected of me, even as a child, you know, I was, I was in fashion shows when I was 
seven, eight, nine years old, Neiman Marcus fashion shows and all these things. And my mother was very much into glamour and beauty and was extremely beautiful herself. Um, so there was this kind of this, this ideal I was, I felt I had to live up to. And when I went off to boarding school at 13, I started packing on the pounds and um, I realized that that was going to be a no-go for, for this whole um, other idea of what I was, was supposed to happen. So I started to diet, um, take the pills, like everything you can think of in my early teens. And until the time I met my mentor in my early 20s, I was really um, in a place of deep suffering. So I, I actually didn't even understand why people thought life was a good thing because it felt to me like acute suffering. Um, so even forgetting all of the symptoms I had, the chronic bronchitis, the chronic bladder infections, the migraines, the acne, the, I mean, all of it, cellulite, all the, the, the internal and external symptoms, it was, it was the weight that was my fixation. So, um, you know, and, and for better or worse, it was a journey that has enabled me to help others because I've been through it made my way through the tunnel and, um, and found the solutions that have worked for myself and for my clients and readers. But um, when I discovered deep tissue cleansing, it solved the problem as if overnight with literally within days, weeks, with every day that passed, there were massive transformations happening. And within about two months, I was already clearly in a new being. But what struck me the most, even beyond the fact that I, I realized I was never gonna have to worry about my weight again, because that was sorted just by living this way, which became very easy for me from the get-go because, um, you know, I, I didn't have any problem with living fresh foods. Um, when people start to eat them, as you know, and, and you know, in, in the right way, why would you want to have anything else? But, um, but I felt energy in my heart shift, brain fog lifted. I suddenly had so much to give. I suddenly had a different look on, uh, look on life. I had um, this, this effervescent kind of generosity of spirit that wasn't, well, was suppressed before that. So all those years from, you know, my early childhood up to that point, I lost that childlike feeling, that, that sweetness of life. And it came rushing back, not just as something I could enjoy personally, but something that I could give. And so with that energy shift and, and the physical change, it was like, well, why would I live any other way? So that just began, that was, that was now in um, 2000. And now of course it's 22 years later and it just keeps getting better. So it's not, there's never an end point. It, 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 it gets really, really good. And then when, just when you think, oh, this is, this is really radically awesome. It couldn't get any better. It, you go to the next level because we don't even know our human potential, but until we get all the waste matter out of the way, how can we possibly flourish and, and blossom into what we're designed to be? That's so beautiful. And, and one of the things that really drew me to your work from the very beginning was the deeper connection between the body and the mind and the heart and the spirit. Um, because I think in our culture, we can have such a disconnect between how what's going on in your physical body can affect your heart and can affect your thoughts and can affect your emotions. And maybe there's a little bit more awareness of that now, but I love that you are very much in, in tune with the embodiment of it and the way that it affects all these different components of our life. So um, I remember listening to one of your audios one time you talked about how you would wake up in the morning and the first thing that you would do was tune into your heart and imagine it would bloom like a flower. And I remember, I remember thinking like, how beautiful is that, you know? So, um, so I, would love to, I would love to get into the deep tissue cleansing. What is that? What are the components of it? Because I think you teach it in a way 
that is really unprecedented. I've, I have not found anyone who teaches it in the way that you do. So let's dive into deep tissue cleansing and what it is. Let's do that because this is, and it's, it's important to remember that this is not, it's a means to an end. It is not the end, but we have to do it to get to reach that end. That end, by the way, I would suggest is the full on connection with the divine. It's the, it's the reconnect, the, the, the plugging back in and then, then everything lights up to a whole new level and we're working on a different stratosphere, but we have to do the intuitive cleansing to even begin to get there. So and in order to, to free ourselves as humans. So the way it works, do you want to get into like the mechanics of it? What, um, what aspect would you like me to do? Yeah, just dive right into it. Okay. Right. Yep. So I think what's the most important thing to understand is why do we need to deep tissue cleanse? Well, because all of this accumulation is in the body. Where does the accumulation come from? Where does all this waste matter come from? So we're going to go back with every step in history. Um, whenever we consume anything that is not a water-containing plant food, meaning an uncooked, raw, unadulterated fruit or vegetable, or young coconut water and young coconut meat, mother's milk for babies, that that is the water high water content plant food that we're talking about. If we're eating anything that is not that, at least 40 to 60% of it is going to remain in our body. So if one were to think about that, which they've consumed over the decades, that is not in that special little category of water containing plant food, you can start to imagine just how much you've accumulated in your body. Now, you don't need to be a particularly large person to have all that accumulated. There are people that you know, are very, very thin looking. My mentor, Gil Jacobs used to call them uh, six skinny. It's, um, there's still so much waste in there, but it's up in closer to the organs. It's, it's in the organs. So it's actually more dangerous in many cases. Um, but the body is very good at protecting its internal organs, its vital organs. And so it puts this waste matter in places that are as far away from it as possible. So that's why, you know, there'll be like the big double chin, there'll be the, the underarm hang, there'll be the, you know, lots of the, in the, in the lower body, trying to kind of keep it away from the organs. But of course there's, you know, so holding a lot of waste matter around the midsection becomes even more dangerous. And then, you, you know, people who carry a lot of, um, of this waste in their back, but generally speaking, you know, it's everywhere. And, um, and so the big epiphany that, is the breakthrough epiphany that I would love for your viewers to take in and really think about, reflect on. It's, it's the big bomb drop, which is all of that waste, all of that weight you're holding or there that is being held in the body is waste. It's accumulated waste. And the, and the way it got there was simply by consumption of the substances that we are taught are normal, are not natural, but they're normal. So making that um, distinct distinction between what's natural and what's normal, cultural cultural norms is not our, our primal natural makeup. So we were never designed to consume the things that we're eating 24 seven and, you know, add on the holidays, add on all the other things. If it's, this, it's a culture of, con, of consuming these rather bizarre things that we can call food, but have nothing to do with nourishment or the energy sort of um, conference to the human body. So all of that accumulates. Now, it begins in the in, intestine, but the intestine at a certain point is full. So this waste needs to go somewhere. It's not leaving the body properly. So it's gonna go deeper into the body, into the tissues of the, um, of the intestinal walls. These walls 
are multitudinous. They are so multi-level. There's so much space. Now, if you were to stand the elementary canal up next to you, it would be longer than you are, taller than you are. The large intestine itself is approximately five feet long. So there's a lot of space to fill with waste. That space is supposed to be empty, so, but we're feeling, it's kind of like having a beautiful home and you think, oh, I've got this big, beautiful home. It's, it's 15,000 square feet, but then, you know, it's a hoarder that lives there. So there's no space in that home. Same thing with your body. There's all the space. It's supposed to be beautiful and spacious and all this air to breathe in, and all this, this, this ability to, to be in flow and mobile. And, you know, with your yoga, there's, you know, and, and yet we're filling it all up. So it's not to say there's no space to put things. There's lots of space to put things, but they're just not meant to be put there. So the body gets filled and filled and filled. So once the intestinal walls are full, the waste is still coming in. Nobody stopped eating at that point. So it has to continue to permeate the body at large. So the whole organism of the human body winds up being saturated in this waste matter. It becomes a septic organism. And so all the symptoms that we have, whether it's arthritis or migraines or eczema, or, you know, you name it, all the, um, the IBS symptoms, whatever it is, gout, I mean, it's all of it, the, the um, thyroid issues, it all comes from the fact that the body has become saturated in this waste. And this, the moment we can turn that around, which we can do, that's the good news of this gospel, <laughs> is that we can actually turn that around. We know how it got there. And that sounds like like it's um, a, a doomsday scenario. It's a, it's a, a, a doom sentence, but it's not. This is where things get really exciting. So we know that now we can identify the problem and now we can reverse. We can reverse it using the technique of deep tissue cleansing, which um, is the formula of awaken and release. So in the same way that the waste entered the body, filled it up, stuffed it up, we're going to pull the waste from the center out create a vacuum by pulling the waste from the center. What does a vacuum do? A vacuum cleans. We have a vacuum cleaner. So the intestine, once you empty it, it becomes a vacuum, starts to suck the waste from deeper in the intestinal walls. And then you rinse and you repeat and you keep doing that. And as you do that, your whole body, mind, heart, everything transforms. So it, the technique, the, the, the bigger picture is that we have this this ability to remove the waste through colon irrigation and awakening through the alkaline substances, which you know you're very familiar with, and your listeners would be through your your knowledge that you've imparted to them. Um, but then we have the the detail, the specifics of how to most elegantly enable that process to take place, which means you know how much alkalinity, how much do we keep other foods in our diet, how much. How, how quickly do we need to achieve this because uh, we have um, symptoms or diseases that are acute or chronic, or we're just actually luckily enough, we've caught this earlier, early enough to not have those issues, but we want to do it anyway, because we want to avoid and prevent those issues, or we have you know extra weight we're carrying, or we don't like the way our skin looks, but it's nothing that's so urgent that we have to speed it along at a rapid pace, we can actually take our time. And so the, the, the person who's undertaking this process gets to really think about, you know, what, it, what would be most convenient for me? What is my lifestyle? What, am I, what do I most enjoy? You know, and then you work around that. And just these little steps every day, like you start out with just food combining, you have your first enema, you go for your first uh, professional clone hydrotherapy treatment, you know, every day or every week, you just kind of, in, you, you uh, adapt a little bit more of the knowledge. And before you know it, 
you've come so far and it's become a consistent thing. And if you have people around you to support you, I mean, if you don't, then you have to, to create your own um, bubble for yourself and that. And so there's, there's, there's no excuse. I mean, anybody can do this no matter what, but having people around you and having a community that, su that supports this, even if it's just one friend or one coach or, you know, one, um, one person, but you know, it's cause, cause, you know, generally because this is not commonly accepted, um, it's, you know, it's, it's not something that people are gonna be like, oh, wow, you're doing that. That's awesome. Usually it's the opposite. Like, oh, that sounds dangerous. You really, you, are you sure you want to have a colonic? I've heard those are dangerous or, or, you know, that you, you know, you're, you're juicing, you know, really you should have the fiber, you know, and this everyone has these preconceived ideas. So you really have to tune the rest of the world out if you're going to do this, otherwise you can easily get derailed, but it is such a special, um, uh, um, procedure is the wrong word. It's, a, it's such a, a special system of healing that um, that works across the board for everyone because the waste is the problem for everyone. So it's the 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 it's, it has a it's a universal concept that has unique personal application. So we always get very personal about it, even though it broadly you know does the trick for everyone. Mm. So well communicated, so great. Um, I one of the, the things that I love too about your explanation of specifically the dietetics piece is your understanding of the kinetic energy and the energy of the foods themselves. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because regardless of someone's juicing or regardless of what they're eating, you know, I find a lot of people to get maybe a little off track in terms of well, this food over here is, it's healthy. Um, it, it doesn't have gluten or sugar or dairy in it. But um, what the component we're missing out on a lot of the time is, is the food alive? Does it have the capacity to awaken the waste inside the body and escort it out as we're trying to turn this ship around? So can you speak mm -hmm. to that? Yeah, great question. Okay, so I want um, everyone to think about three categories. You have what we call your life generators, then your neutrals, and then your, your life deteriorators. Maybe that's the best way to put it. So your life generators, it's that category that I first mentioned, the, the water containing plant food, mother's milk for babies, that stuff that that's, it's really, we know is alive. And, um, and even if it's not brimming with life, like maybe, you know, it's, it's a, a box of cherry, organic cherry tomatoes that may have, you know, may have been off the vine for a few days or something. It may not be brimming with the same amount of life it was on the vine. It's still considered a high water content plant food that has vitality in it. Um, of course, the degree at which it's been on a truck and, and sitting is the degree to which it's going to lose that vitality. So keeping that in mind, let's give it the benefit of the doubt. Those are still the, the, the life generators. Then we have the neutrals. Your neutrals are going to be your, basically your cooked vegetables. They're not going to be brimming with life but they're not going to be life deteriorating. And they're actually very helpful because when we have a degree of life generating substance coming in, they're gonna awaken all this waste. And because they're high water content, they're gonna reconstitute the waste. And that's the key to reconstitute and magnetize the waste up and out of cells and tissues. You don't wanna overkill on that because if you do, you're gonna have all of this awakened and you know, we have to make sure it's leaving equally. Otherwise you're gonna have symptoms. That's when people talk about having detox symptoms. When you're getting this right, you shouldn't have detox symptoms. You don't have to worry about that because we're awakening and releasing. That's just an issue for the people who are just awakening. And then typically what happens is, or not typically what universally happens is if they don't get the waste out, it's just going to resettle in their body. So it's like they go through all the pain, agony, and, and, and strain of, of, you know, going through this process of awakening 
for no good end because it just gets reabsorbed in the cells and tissues. So we got to get it out the door. The neutrals are so good for slowing down the cleanse. You might think, well, why would I want to slow it down? Well, because your, your limited organs can't possibly handle that much waste matter. There's so much. Remember, we're talking about decades of accumulated waste. The living foods, the kinetic foods, as you rightly call them, they they kick the, all of it up. I mean, they they get busy. They're they're powerful. So you know, we want to just uh, moderate things a little bit. Otherwise, you you know, you will have those symptoms. So unless someone's going to be going for a colon hydrotherapy session really regularly, like daily, um, they won't be able to keep up with how much that awakens. So the neutral foods are good. Cooked vegetables are good. People who talk about exclusive raw food diet, um, that's that's an approach that I would say isn't for many people because unless you were raised by a bunch of raw vegans in um, on an island in the Caribbean and that's your lineage, the coming in with Western uh, European lineage, Eastern European lineage, and you wanna start exclusively eating raw foods and not have any cooked foods, you're in trouble <laughs> because, because that's decades of lineage that are, it's problematic. And that's what's gonna, that's gonna impact your um, healing process significantly. So, um, so then we have the life deteriorators. So anything that falls under um, the category of something that is more acidic or more processed than a cooked vegetable, than like your steamed broccoli or baked yam, is going to now be in a category of the life deteriorators, the degree to which it's acidic, the degree to which it's processed, the degree to which it's chemicals and all sorts of other things, uh, you know, undesirable things will be the degree to which it is a life deteriorator. So obviously, you know, a, a Big Mac is going to be way more of a life deteriorator than say, you know, some Buffalo mozzarella. They're both, you know, in that category of they're, they're not life generators, they're not neutral, they are acidic, but the buffalo mozzarella actually could have a place. It's not going to, you know, it's it's not going to be as, as hard on the body as the Big Mac or the I don't know the the, the ding dongs or the ho hos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you do what are the safe transition foods? Because I think you're really wonderful at communicating that you know this kind of deep tissue cleansing diet is not. Uh, like it's not deprivation based and it is really satisfying, but there are some good little transition foods in there that you talk about that, that I really rely on that I think are really great. So love yeah. Them. So um, one of them that, that I've, the reason I've been able to follow this path for so long is not because I'm so disciplined, but because I was just very creative and I wanted to succeed at it. I knew that uh, the, the power of it and um there were a couple of things that are not life generators that I've kept in because they suit me. They work for me. They enable me to do it long-term. And for me, not, this is not the case for everybody else. Share the ones for the, for, that were important to me. Um, goat cheese, mostly raw goat cheese, but not always raw because I couldn't always get it raw, but still that goat cheese category, significantly easier on the body to digest than cow uh, dairy. So keeping that in mind. Um, so whereas I wouldn't have cow dairy, I would have goat dairy. Um, the second one is dark chocolate. And I recommend doing upwards of 72%. If you can get even up higher into the high seventies, eighties, all the better, but you know, just, you know, you can begin at a 72 and that's usually something that's you know, amenable to most people. And I like to have a little bit of organic wine when I want to. So, um, those are the things that kind of just like, well, if I can have wine, cheese and chocolate, what am I going to complain about? 
you know, I've got this abundant, beautiful food. I can put herbs and lemon juice and all these. I mean, I can just make it amazing. I can have all the cooked vegetable varieties I want. I can put the goat cheese on that. I can do marinara sauce, all these things that you, you wouldn't believe how beautifully and, you know, substantially you can eat and with such variety and you can have, you can make it Indian style. You can make it Mexican style. You can make it Italian style. You know, it's like, it's, it's like the genie out of the bottle. You can have anything you want, really. It's just a matter of how you prepare it. Even things like pasta and pizza, it's, it's the sauce and the cheese that makes that so good. you made, you put the sauce and the goat cheese onto the vegetables and you have that experience. Even, even just putting pasta sauce on a green salad, like actual pasta salad, <laughs> um, is, is delicious, you know, and, and, but, you know, unless it's a, you're introduced to this, you probably wouldn't think of it. So it's, it's a matter of just figuring out what are the things that you really are not ready to give up. You know, people often say, oh, I'm going to have to stop drinking coffee, right? Or I'm going to have to stop drinking alcohol, right? Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, you know, coffee is, is acidic. It's obviously, it's not a life generator, but you know, that, that, you know, drop the muffin, drop the bagel, drop the starchy, stuff, the, 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 you know, obviously the sugars, there's so much else that could come before having to worry about your cup of coffee in the morning. So when people realize, well, wait a minute, I can, I can keep my cup of coffee and I can keep my, you know, occasional glass of wine or, you know, they start, they start to listen a little bit more closely and like, oh wait, maybe I could do that, you know? And then bit by bit, when you start to get into the habit of having a green juice every day, it, it's, a, you know, feels it cross purposes with the, um, with the coffee and eventually little by little, it's kind of like going back, going to the yoga analogy, you know, a smoker who starts yoga, they're going to stop smoking, not because anybody tells them to stop smoking, but when you get into the sacredness of the breath, the importance of the breath, suddenly you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't really want to be smoking cigarettes anymore. So it's, it's, it's like, it happens by osmosis. There are a lot of things you don't have to actually push yourself on because if you let the process uh, take its course, you automatically drop things and you don't want them anymore. Also, because when you expunge all of this waste through your bowel, through these uh, colon irrigation system, uh, sessions, the addiction is in the waste. So when you, when you release it, you have no longer, you, you no longer have that hankering, that compulsion for those things that you used to. So it's a little bit of, and, and I, I'm always careful with the word faith because I don't like blind faith. I like experiential faith. But if you just give a little bit of a chance, just the the, the, um, the experiment to you know to not let anyone tell you one way or the other, not me, not you, not anyone. But if it's of interest to you, give it a try. But give it a real try to be consistent long enough to see how it works, and then then you'll have experiential faith. Then no one can tell you differently. For example, um, just briefly, <laughs> my first the, the day that changed my life was my first colon irrigation session. And I'd already done the food combining and the, and the, and the green juice and everything. And I went for my first hormone therapy session and I left a message for my doctor. who's a very famous alternative doctor. Um, so alternative MD who I was working with at the time. And, um, and as, as I was uh, making the appointment, I left a, me a message and said, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And I didn't hear back from him and, until after I completed my session with the colon hydrotherapist. So I'd had this gangbuster session. I couldn't believe what came out of me over the course of 45 minutes. It was like jaw dropping, 
I, you could not, it, there's nothing you could do to put, for me to put that back inside my body. There was like, that was, I was free of that forever. I couldn't believe that that could be there. And that was just the first session. This is now 22 years later. But after that session, I went home. This is, these are the days of the, um, the answering machine. So you push the button, you have two new messages. You know, and one of them is from the doctor saying, oh, don't bother with that stuff. It's nonsense. It's not good for you. You can wind up having issues with your colon later. Um, definitely don't do it. And, and, and he says, and besides nothing really much happens, nothing really much comes out. It's like, okay, well that it's a good thing. I didn't hear that before I went to my session. And that's the influence that people can have over us. We have to go with our intuition. We have to tune in and, and we have to give things that feel right. The opportunity to, you know, for us to experience them. Otherwise we're just going to take the word of people that we respect and trust that might not always be right. Yeah. And people in my tribe know that all the time I'm saying colon hydrotherapy is the best kept secret in terms of health. And uh, if you haven't experienced it, you have to just go experience it. So um, can you speak to though, if someone is, is eating a, you know, let's say a moderately healthy diet, but not necessarily um, an awakening, you know, awakening the waste, are they still going to see the same benefit in a colon hydrotherapy session? Um, they, it depends on how often they go. So if they're just going to go for a one-off and their food combining well, and they, are they having a green juice occasionally, that sort of thing? That depends. I, I have found that unless I'm doing the green juicing and, uh, you know, high water content, alkaline foods, I don't see the same kind of release, you know? Well, and, and this is why the doctor was saying that nothing much comes out because, if, but if they're, if they are free combining well, if they are having a decent amount of high water content food, they will have something happen in the session. I mean, I, I, I it really depends on their bowel on their, if they're highly constipated, all these things. I mean, what, what will probably happen is if they're very constipated and that waste is very, very dry, it's been there a long time, then the water will go in and begin the reconstitution process in the bowel, but, and it, but it might not come out in the session. However, irrigating the colon is still going to result in the bowel responding better over the subsequent days. It's just that it can be very uncomfortable if you take in a lot of water and don't have a big release. You can feel bloated, you can feel heavy, you can feel worse after the session. So it's, it's much better, of course, to, to prime it and make sure that, you know, we, the, the reason this is so carefully formulated the way it has been over all these years is to have the best results with the least amount of any possible discomfort. So, you know, we want we want everyone to be feeling amazing immediately and we can do that if we, if we get it right. Yeah. It's uh it's just an incredible feeling. You know when you release the waste, like there is no feeling like it in terms of just the way the physical something you can do physically can affect the mind and the emotional body. There's just that head clearing, open-hearted feeling. It's amazing. Um, okay, so there's so many questions I have for you, but of course I'm going to um, make sure that my viewers know where to find, you know, where to find you, where to find your books. Um, but I would love to kind of transition to, you know, for someone who is maybe new to this work, and they love the idea and they feel very inspired by this, but they're a little bit intimidated by the idea of, um, you know, just a much more simplistic diet, and they have trouble letting go of certain foods. Where would you recommend they begin? What would give them the best experience, you know, when dipping their toe in? Well, I would say that starting with food combining is probably the best thing because, because even if you still want to have pasta or you still want to have chicken or a steak, you can, if you properly combine it, 
you're going to be in much better shape and you'll feel the results of that. So that's a part of the experiential faith journey. If you, if, you know, if someone starts food combining well for a few days, they're going to feel it pretty quickly. Now, um, if they incorporate some living foods into that, what might happen is, or what typically does happen is uh, the waste gets awakened. So even just food combining properly, if you have a, a body that has a, generally a strong um, vital force, there's the body's going to use all that extra energy that used to go toward trying to break down these complicated food combinations and suddenly start to clean house. So if you do have that sensation of feeling a bit bloated and a little bit worse off after food combining well for a couple of days, usually it's just because there's a big elimination coming. And usually, and usually too, with people who are in the beginning phases, their bodies will still release it. You know, there's, there's still a degree to which it's like, wow, we're, we've waking all this up. The body's, the, the bowel is way more hydrated and they might have some really good releases on their own and feel the lightness and feel like they're in a really great space. And that's fine if they want to cruise there. I know I have a lot of clients and readers who tell me after years that they've like followed the work and they do all this, but they haven't been for a colonic or they haven't had an enema. And, you know, the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's not really the work, but anyway, I'm glad that you did that. And they're like, but, but, but I lost 50 pounds, you know, and I, and I, I feel amazing. And so, so some people, you know, even without the colon cleansing, their bodies have enough um, innate energy to kick a lot of this, this weight waste out and they can go so far until they have to incorporate the, uh, the colonics and enemas, because um, at a certain point too, there's a sense of, uh, well, look, uh, I, when, when they get that much energy in them, they, they, they know how far they can go. So there's a, a natural sense of, okay, I get this. I'm ready for the next thing. Now I think I'm ready to have that procedure. Um, but, but you can, you can go a long way. A lot of people can get really far just by making the changes of, of just food combining. And, you know, I would say food combining plus daily green juicing. That's, that's pretty awesome. And then stage three would be food combining daily juicing. And then, um, in a, you know, in a perfect world being relatively raw till dinner. So maybe like a raw salad with some steamed vegetables during the day and having your cooked meal for your, what you normally have well combined for dinner. And then you just incrementally, and you get used to that. You'll be like, Oh, well, this is easy. I, this is, this is what I do. This is my pattern now. And then let the body work with that and have all those upgrades. And that might be enough for most people because, you know, it, it depends on what they're going for. If you're trying to heal cancer, we need to push things a bit more, you know, be more serious with the alkalinity upgrades, with removing sugar, with removing the waste matter and all this. But if you're just wanting to, you know, get into some clothes you didn't wear, or you want to go to your, your reunion or, and feel better, you know, there's just some, something that's a little more cosmetic then you know, for, for that person, that might be all they ever need. So can you briefly address the protein question? Because I know there's gonna be a lot of people who are listening to you and in the back of their mind, they're thinking, okay, so what about protein? Um, and I know that we could probably spend an entire podcast or interview talking about that, but could you address that a little bit? Sure, I mean, the, the big question that most people have is they're gonna like, they're gonna lose strength or they're not going to have their skeletal muscular integrity um, if they eat mostly plant-based. When I say plant-based, I'm thinking vegetables, I'm not thinking grains. So, you know, that's something to be clear about because people often think plant-based diet 
they, are, they, they can be vegan, vegetarian and eating starch all day long. That's not what I talk about, what I mean by that. And salads, by the way, actually mean raw vegetables. Also when you salad, because you know, salad can be a tossed meal. And a lot of the time, I, what I'm thinking is not always what someone else is thinking. So to clarify that, um, but sorry, what was, um, what was the question? Yeah, no, that's great. So just about protein in the diet. Oh, right. Okay. So, so protein um, is our, the amino acids we can get just from our green juice, basically. Um, but what we want to think about is two things. One is whenever you consume um, a, a flesh-based protein, what has to happen is that protein gets broken down into the amino acids anyway. So there's a middleman procedure that has to happen. It's that remember that the cow is eating the grass to make that structure, to make that meat. The you know there's the the biggest animals in nature, the gorilla, the elephant, you know, you name it. The the the, you know, the, the ape, they're all, um, they're all, uh, frugivores, they're, they're herbivores. And, um, and so that, that their mass that they're creating for themselves is coming from leaves and fruits. So just to kind of let that land for a second. And then, you know, then, then we're going to eat the meat thinking that that's going to give us a kind of a, a meaty physique is, um, is actually only giving us and I'm going to use a harsh word here. I've, I've gotten kind of free with this word, but I realized I need to rein it in. Rot. It's the R word. It's just going to put dead animal flesh into our body. Now, I, there are a lot of reasons that people do or don't eat meat, and, I, and, and it's not for me to say whether anybody should or shouldn't. I'm, that's not my, my mission. If you still want to keep meat in your diet, then I will help you navigate that so it, it, it mitigates as much of the problem as possible, mitigates the rot as much as possible, but let's not make a mistake in thinking that it's not dead flesh that we're putting to our body. And we have a very long digestive tract and that is going to rot in our system. So it's not, the, the, the carnivore has a short digestive tract. There's all these different things to know about um, consuming meat and why it's not uh, the ideal or even remotely, it's, it, it's, it's really a deadly food. It's a decaying food for the human being. Um, it's, it's wrong in every way for us to consume it. Um, but most of all, the, the idea that we need to consume it to maintain strength is the erroneous core of that belief. And that, of course, comes from a whole, you know, all cultural, social conditioning programming. Um, but to let go of that and realize that the amino acids are where it's at. So if, if we want protein, what we're really asking for is amino acids. And in order to even make use of that animal flesh, it has to be broken down into amino acids anyway, which is a huge burden on the body, its resources and its energy that could be going toward regeneration, toward youthfulness, all these things that, you know, people want that, that glow. I, I mean, most, I, I don't, I don't know that I've really paid that close of attention, but come to think of it, I don't know any meat eaters that actually have an innate glow about them. Um, but also most vegans don't have an innate glow about them either because they're eating mostly starch. So sugar and starch and meat, it's, it's all going to prevent the natural glow. Um, but the glow is, is, is excess electrons. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a surplus of electrons. So you know, we don't glow by what we put on our skin. We glow from the excess of electrons that's within our being. Um, so when we consume the alkaline substances, alkalinity and electrons are synonymous with one another. So when I talk about alkalinity, I'm saying excessive amounts of uh, surplus of electrons and electrons, of course, are these it's little spinning life force um, um, particles. So, um, so I would say anyone who is feeling fearful or on the fence about letting go of animal flesh um, just to keep in mind those key points, uh, you know, 
to really bear in mind the what happens when you leave meat out at room temperature and you know to say nothing of 98.6 degrees which is the Arizona desert um, it's not only going to rot it's going to dry out and what's really important to remember and just just to, just to kind of drill it in even further is anything that is not coming in when it's with its own water. So there's those, those water, high water content plant foods, they're bringing their own water. They're bringing their own um, contribution to their digestion and their conductivity of life force to your body. Dry food is going to not only use up the, the, your, your internal resources of water to try to carry it through the system. I say try because it's not gonna be successful. It's gonna make it about halfway and then get stuck and stay there forever. But as long as it's there, you're paying real estate for it in your internal resources of water. So this idea of dehydration, drinking lots of water, a few things. One is that you're, you're just basically paying on the mortgage of the dry food sitting there. And there's a reason they call it mortgage, M-O-R-T is death. So mortgage actually breaks down to that. We need to know the etymology of words that we use. I think that's really important. And um, what was the other point? Oh, and then the, the, true, uh, the true dehydration in the body is centered in the colon. So really, if this idea of drinking eight glasses of water is a good idea, we should be drinking it the other way, up the wazoo, as I like to call it. So yes, drink that water, but drink it, drink it, you know, drink it turned upside down. Um, because that's, that's what's really dry. And all the water you take by mouth is not going to make it to the large intestine where it's most needed. And if the, if the waste in the large intestine remains dry, then you won't have what's called peristalsis, the muscular contractions of the large intestine, which only occur when there is an adequate amount of water there. So that's why when, when we do enemas or have colonics, that the water is reconstituting not just the waste, but it's giving the uh, the colon enough water to remind it that peristalsis can kick in. So the peristalsis, the water, and the waste removal are all connected. Such great information. It's just um, so transformative. I love it. Um, okay, so I want to pivot a little bit because I want to I don't want to take too much of your time, but. Um, for one of the things that I've just always been impressed by you in um, is the amount of just motivation that you have had to be able to continue this lifestyle so consistently for so long. And uh, I know that um, it was just so transformative so early and you just, you ran with it. But what would be, what would be some words of encouragement that you could give to someone in terms of staying on the path and in terms of just motivation? Um, in, in general, because I think that many people love the idea of having all of this life force flowing through the body and um, an unobstructed uh, system, and it, it sounds wonderful, but then when it actually comes down to it, it's, it you, you have to be fastidious with it, and you have to be consistent, and so what would you, what would you say just more on a motivational or level? Mm. Well, you know, the first word you used uh, when you were describing this was um, uh, was encouragement. And in the word encouragement, we have courage. Mm. So um, one must have a degree of courage and at least, or at least develop a degree of courage in order to stand up against the norms of society. And I would also just remind everyone that as hard as it seems to make this change, the, the result or the, the dealing with the outcome of not doing it is far harder. 
that's what's really hard. Having a life where your body is a detriment, where your body's like, you know, you're, you're dragging your feet, you're dragging your body around through your life. That is way harder than making some changes that enable you to have all of this vitality. Um, but you have to really guard what you what you accept from other people in terms of their input. Um, you know, the, there's so many ways that you can be derailed. And so if you make a list of all the ways that you can be derailed so that you know, and that you check that list maybe three times a day if you have to, and you say, this, this is why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm making you write yourself a commitment letter. I'm doing this for these reasons. I'm committing to this. These are the one, two, three, four, five things that I'm going to change, adjust, put into my daily practice. Um, and no matter what anybody says to me, I'm going to give this three months or I'm going to give this six weeks or whatever it has to be for you. But I would say six weeks minimum, just so you can really get on the path. And, um, and then because it's when, as you're getting into something, you can identify all the potential obstacles. But when you're in it, you can often be convinced otherwise. So you want to make sure that those things are all in place first. Like, you know, if, if, if you're going out on a date, it's your, it's your first date with this really cute guy, right? You're going to give yourself some boundaries. Like as, as cute as he is, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z, right? I know that going in, if you're going to make that decision halfway through the date, you're probably going to be sorry at the end of the, like what, <laughs> the way you may have, have, have behaved in the, in the evening. So it's just, you know, one of those things that we, if we preempt, will be much stronger. So that's one thing. Um, and then also look around and really take inventory on the people you know and the people around you, your whole society. How have they fared doing what society has told them to do? You know, are they are they thriving? Are, 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 the, are the guys in the white lab coats thriving with the, st the stethoscopes? I mean, you know, like look into the people's eyes who are giving you guidance or who are, who are trying to advise you or they're, they're concerned about you or, you know, are they exemplifying health and vitality? You know, do, do you want to go down the road they're on? Do you want to be what they are? And if the answer is yes, then by all means, you know, you must do that. But but if the answer comes in and is a resounding no, which I suspect it will, then you try your own path and you, you just trust that, you know, even if it, there are imperfections, you'll get help along the way, especially if they turn to you, they're going to have all the help they need along the way. Then, you know, then, then they'll, they'll be fine. They just need to, to really commit and see it through. And, um, you know, consistency, if it's a good consistency for something that is a, a, a virtuous aim, will never fail you. I mean, if, if, you know, discipline is hard, that's why it's discipline, you know, but, but you do it. And I love, um, what, what is his name now? Uh, David, uh, I'm forgetting, uh, David Goggins, David Goggins. Yeah. So he's like, if it's hard, it's good. If it's hard, it means, it means like you're, you're, you're growing, you're getting stronger. You know, and if something's hard, let's not look at it as, oh, it's hard. We should give it up. Like, oh, it must be working. You know, if those pushups are really hard, I must be getting stronger. You know, let's, let's let it be hard. You know, we're, we live in a culture that's all about, oh, you know, go with your intuition. And if you're craving something, you should have it and give in to That's because our culture is all about making us weak and pathetic. Let's, you know, we want to actually do the opposite of that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that um, everybody's trained, but it's something to be trained. So if you feel that, you know, often people will say to me, oh, but you have so much discipline and this. But I'm thinking to myself, I really actually just have too much knowledge because I wouldn't do these things. I know if, if you were to, to say to someone, oh, you're, you know, you don't, you don't do drugs and, and that's amazing. You have so much discipline. The person be like, 
well, no, it's not discipline. It's just, I know what drugs do to you, you know, like, why would I take them? It's the same thing. It's like, it's not so much discipline. It's so much knowledge. Um, and if, and, and then you, you train discipline in areas where you are weak and often we are strong in areas and weak in areas. And it's for us to, to identify those things so that the areas that we're strong in, we don't lean on those so much that we become lopsided. We have to acknowledge, okay, I'm weak here. It's okay, but it means I need to, to train this area. So if your discipline around food is not so strong, don't say, I'm not a disciplined person. Say, I'm training discipline. Mm. And then actually train that discipline. And before you know it, you'll have built that muscle up. Mm. So well said. So um, would you share with us just a few of the, the daily things that you do that are, that are light-ups that really contribute to this vitality? Um, that you have, and I know that you're, um, what are you about to be 47 in a few days? A few days, yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, happy birthday <laughs> coming up. Um, you look so beautiful, so vibrant. It's really inspiring. Um, what are some of the light ups of the, the daily practices that you notice are really contributing to your life now? Well, um, they are steady and they have been unchanging for two decades. Um, and that is the colon cleansing. That is the physical strength training, and that is the green juice and um, and my my regular daily dietetic intake, um, which is you know for me I do a lot of dry fasting. I don't recommend that for anyone who's not ready for it. It's, it's something that you know comes a lot later, super advanced stuff. But um, you know so whatever it is for the person that they've determined is the right dietetic intake for them, combined with the right uh, limitative you know irrigation, colon irrigation, combined with strength training, those three things. They're the, the absolutes. And, and, and it's because it, it's so important to move the body and to strengthen the body. And the, the problem is it's unfortunately for, especially for women, well, for men in their own way, because they want to, you know, be, be all macho and big and strong, but, but for women, it's always, you know, been about how can I be more petite and how can I lose weight and how can I burn calories? So the more you can take that out of the equation and make it about the fact that the body longs to move and it needs to be strong and it, it you know, it wants to be, then you do this for that. And also um, for those, those who are interested in keeping their face looking young, the combination of colon cleansing and strength training is so important because um, if you just colon cleanse and you don't strength train or you don't, when I say strength train, I mean, you can, you can be doing, um, hit exercises. You can, you can really mix it up, but a sense of really pushing the body in some capacity. I like a, a combination of a kind of hit routine with some intense cardio with some, uh, some weights and stuff. doesn't have to be heavy weights, just has to be consistent. Um, but if you, if you just strength train or you just, you know, exercise, um, and you don't get the waist out, you'll wind up looking old before your time. If you look at marathon runners, if you look at um, uh, weight training females, their faces are usually destroyed. If you just colon cleanse, then you you'll do you'll be a lot better off because the the, the colon is a reflection of the face is a reflection of the colon. But the um, the 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 blood flow that you create when you're training like that, even if it's just for 20 minutes a day of just like pumping it out, maybe five days a week, doesn't have to be every day, just has to be some, some burst of strong activity that really gets the blood pumping. It really needs to move through the body. Otherwise everything's always settling. Gravity's always weighing down on us. Um, good to do inversions also because it reverses gravity. Um, but that blood flow to the brain and to the face is essential. So if it's, you know, if it's a looking young forever kind of thing you want, the combination of colon cleansing and strength training or, or intense bursts of physical activity 
on a really regular basis is so important. And if you're thinking about doing it for your face rather than burning calories, it's usually easier to get your gym clothes on and, and get moving because there's something about doing it for calorie and, and weight loss that is really depressing and just almost like makes the body just feel makes it the, the mental state you go into. is just so negative. But if you're thinking, I'm going to, you know, this is all about, I've got to pump some blood because my, my facial skin needs, needs blood. My facial tissue needs, needs blood. Then it's like, okay, let's get going. You know, it's, it's funny how that little shift can make such a difference. So awesome. Yep. I love that so much. And uh, I think the mindset shifts are huge with this work and understanding that we're really unlocking energy, you know, as we are, you know, doing this work. So, so beautiful. Um, I could just uh, absorb this information all day long, but I really want to respect your time. And, and uh, I'm so appreciative of, of all of this. Um, if there was one message that you would say synthesizes what you wanted to shout from the rooftops, like what would be that one message you'd want to share with people? That's a really beautiful and big question. Um, I would say, can I be concise is the, was the point here. Um, we have such an incredible potential. We need to get everything out of the way that doesn't belong there so that we can realize that potential. And I wouldn't put any limits on that. I wouldn't even, def I, I feel into what it is for me. And there's a massive um, pumping of source energy that runs through me that's just so extraordinary. It's not just a creates a vitality, but it, it it's a communication from the highest. You know, it's some, something that comes through that is, makes me feel as if I am at one moment with that, even if I'm all by myself, you know, and I would were to be, I, I believe we're all connected and we should actually really engage together, but, but it's like that in and of itself is this, this sense of, of it, the, the enormity of, 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 um, of divinity that can be running through us. So that's on offer. However, anyone wants to engage with that is up to them, but to get everything out of the way that doesn't belong in your being, that isn't in alignment with life. And you will, you will get closer to that potential. So we, we all need to give ourselves the opportunity to have that, not just live in a patterns of circles and running around having the same day over and over again. Like it's, you know, um, what is it? Uh, grasshopper day. Um, Groundhog day. <laughs> Groundhog day. <laughs> I couldn't get think of the groundhog. I saw the groundhog in my mind, but yes, it's like it. everyone's living in, in, maybe it should be grasshopper day, but that'd be better. That would be, that'd be a little more energetic. Let's be bouncing around a little bit more. Um, yeah, maybe we can transition through the grasshopper. Um, but but yeah, getting rid of all these kind of because otherwise we just get stuck in ruts. Yeah, and we're not really we don't even know what we're you know doing here until we get that all out of the way. And people, are, so many people are wondering what their purpose is. But without getting that out of the way, I wouldn't even try to explore what your purpose is. You know, I like to call the purpose your pure positioning. So you get into alignment. And then you can think about what your purpose is. And usually it's not even something you have to think about. It's something that just comes through you. And it's not something you do like a, like a job. It's something you become and you just emit and you get to be, you know, and it's as much value to you as it is to everyone around you. So beautiful. And it just is so inspiring, Natalia. And I just, I want to say from, from just a personal note, um, this work has just been an incredible part of my life journey. And I'm just so grateful that you're willing to have that courage to, to dive into things that even your own naturopathic doctor wouldn't necessarily you know, have, um, have recommended. And uh, 
you're such a bright shining light and I'm really grateful that uh, you're doing this work and that you're a mentor to me and it is um, just such beautiful work. And so I really hope that everyone listening is just feeling as inspired and glowy as I am in this moment. And, uh, and Natalia, tell us how, how people can find you if they want more. Sure. Um, and thank you for all those kind things, by the way. I think you are just the most glowing, beautiful example of this work. And you're an incredible teacher to so many. And, and it's, it's, it's wonderful to see. So it's, um, yeah, back at you, sister. Um, so I, I can be found at NataliaRose.com. And um, on Instagram, it's Natalia Rose Institute. However, I want to add the caveat that that might be a no longer soon. I, I, I believe I'll be going off social media very soon. So, um, but in the meantime, the Natalia Rose, uh, NataliaRose.com. Um, there, all these things may be changing, I have to say, sure. but, uh, but for now, and, and, uh, and we can get them updated information along the way. People will know where to, to find you through me because I will keep track of you for sure. Um, uh, Natalia is also, uh, just for those of you listening, Natalia is also doing a mastery course. She's going to be um, starting that very soon. I don't know if the enrollment is closed or not, but I'm going to be able to uh, be a part of that mastery course. And I'm so thrilled, so excited. And it's a certification course. And so, um, but she does a lot of courses um, and um, I've taken several of them. And I, about a year ago, I did her 10 day juice fast, which was just brilliant and uh, it was so supportive. I've never done a juice fast where I felt so incredibly supported. So there's lots of things out there if you want to take a course. Um, do you go to nricourses.com, is that what you said? Yes, or just go to nataliarose.com, it's all there. Yeah, and thank you for that. And the, and the mastery course is still open for enrollment. Okay, perfect, yeah, really, really excited. Okay, Natalia, thank you, thank you. It's been such a beautiful time and I can feel this power and this energy coming off you is so inspiring and, and I really appreciate you. It's such a pleasure, it's been a joy to be with you. If you want to go from concept to experience, from idea to action, get coaching, community, and retreats by joining the core community, a health-conscious, heart-centered, growth-minded community that will help you thrive. Go to AnnaKingCoaching.com to find out more.